Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge, breaks a tackle, 35, 30, Damian Williams, 20, stays in bounds, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! Acelera Williams, tiene el primer 10, escapa a la 20, a la 10, touchdown, Damien Williams. Oh, Damien Williams, peut-être oh, oublier l'affaire oh, avec cette course qui va jusqu'au touchdown. Damien Williams runs to immortality in Chiefs Kingdom. Get ready to welcome your champions. Hi folks, welcome to the Our Heads Abroad podcast. Uh, Duncan here, along with my usual colleagues, Neil. Hello. And Owen. Hello. So it's been a while since we uh, got together. Um, the pace of free agency at that point was um, was pretty high um, uh, for, I guess, a lot of worldly reasons, which we, we all know about. It's slowed down a lot. Um, so there's maybe not a huge amount for us to, to talk about in terms of news, but we'll, we'll try to keep you all entertained for the next week while anyway. Uh, I thought we'd start off with a little bit of what's hot and what's not, and that can be either Chiefs Kingdom-wise or just in your own um, little isolation lives. Go for it. Uh, I'll go with what's not. Andy Reid's knee. Jesus Christ, did you see it? <laughs> In the, the uh, photo the, of him. In yeah, the, in the photo of yeah. him in the basement. The scar down the middle of it. What did he have? I mean, he must have had his knee replaced, I assume, but God, mate, that looks awful. It does. Yeah, it looks. Yeah. It's pretty medieval. I mean, I. Um, this isn't going to be good radio, but I've got a big scar on my elbow. I uh, have an old war wound. I, I broke my elbow a few years ago, um, and I've got a pretty gnarly scar. Um, Anyone that's been to any of the meetups, um, if I have not asked you to touch my screw, then I apologise. Don't be offended. Um, <laughs> come and ask me to touch my screw. <laughs> there's a you can there's a little there's a point I've got a pointy bit on my elbow, which is one of the, the screws. There's quite a lot of metal work in there, but um, my scar is nothing like what Andy Reid's scar is. That's pretty medieval. It's like him with a Grand Canyon down the middle of his leg. <laughs> it is. I don't know. I used to play five sides. Um, a while ago with a guy that's played a bit of um, professional football soccer here um, back probably early 80s Um, and if you've ever uh, seen someone of a a certain age who's played sport uh, and some of their um, injuries I mean his knee looks like a jigsaw um, with all the kind of medieval surgery they got going on but nothing compared to what Andy Reid is sporting on uh, on that one yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't actually notice it at first either. I, I was too busy looking at looking at the screen and looking at the paper to see if I could see anything <laughs> interesting. I think I was watching the snow game, wasn't he? The Denver snow game. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't notice it at first. And I saw it on Twitter and I looked back. I was like, oh wow, <laughs> that is quite big. Yeah, I think everyone was. Um, I'm sure they had uh, that went through Chiefs due diligence or uh, compliance departments to make sure there's no jet chip wasp too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> previews on that one he wasn't play designing at that stage while he was sat there no no but then again if he's bunkered up for the next foreseeable then oh, who knows what magic he'll come up with well he's got plenty of time in his hands now to, oh, <laughs> to yeah, design yeah. stuff hasn't he exactly um, 
what about you and what's hot and what's not what's not or what's not in your in your world uh well i'm gonna go for what's hot i think it's um i've been making the most of nfl game pass recently i've really been enjoying watching some old games um I watched, I don't know if you saw, I did a bit of Twitter thread, I got a bit carried away, I did about 100 tweets by the end of it, of uh, Super Bowl 51, the uh, Falcons-Patriots um, comeback, uh, and yeah, it was just such a wild game, I actually forgot how crazy that, that turnaround and how two-sided it was until I watched it back, because um, I'd only watched it on Super Bowl night, I hadn't gone back and revisited it, so yeah, that's been really fun recently. I've also been watching loads of NBA games, like loads of old NBA games I'd heard about and never seen in their entirety, so... Yeah, going back and reminiscing on some, well, I say reminiscing, looking back on some old American sports. I have to admit, I am one of the, well, I, I'm not sure a few, many, I, I don't know, but I went to bed at half time on that game. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I have, I'm going to go on. There's, I, there's been a couple of Super Bowls recently with massive comebacks, and I, I've been bedded about 10 minutes before um, before they've happened obviously through this season uh, knowing now just how spectacular comebacks can be uh, I, I will never retire at half time in any <laughs> match ever again um, but to be fair even though the Chiefs don't necessarily leave it to half time to, to stage yeah, their comebacks true, yeah. Um, yeah. but no I've I've, I've um, yeah I'll never be making that mistake again <laughs> I've not really watched much of the Game Pass ones myself yet. I, I did that article oh, probably a month ago now for the website, kind of when they first put Game Pass free going, yeah, these are the games you should watch, guys, and kind of one, one to show a good game from a season and one to show a bad game from the season. But I only kind of flicked through bits of them at the time. And I, it's, I'd forgotten about it being free now, so I hadn't actually gone back to look at any of them. I must do that. Mm, yeah, it's good, it good fun looking back. Um yeah, picking all the uh, best games, all the best moments, because then you know you're in for a good game as well, and you're not just <coughs> guessing whether it'd be exciting or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. a couple of weeks ago, I, I, off the back of that um, article, um, did a bit of a Sunday night watch game, went back to watch the first game, 2017, I think, mm -hmm. uh, against um, at Foxborough, against the Patriots. Yeah. But what, what I did notice that if you go back... I think is it before sixteen or something? There's not full games. There's only um, there's only sort of games in forty. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. I did uh, my my first choice uh, for our first sort of Sunday watch rewatch event was the um, was Jamal Charles uh, in Oakland yeah. taking the Raiders apart. I would have liked that, but there's only the game in forty, which is uh, a pretty epic forty minutes. <laughs> uh, and I would urge anyone to go and to go and enjoy that over and over. Um, when when you go back to the 2012 season, them only being 40 minutes long really is a blessing. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. Every cloud has a silver lining and all that. Yeah. My what's not is um, it's coronavirus related in a way, and um, I guess we kind of glossed over that at the start, um, and we don't mean to do that. Um, Everyone knows what's going on. Um, it is very serious. So don't think that we're not taking it seriously. Um, what I would say uh, is for anyone who's on the um, anyone who's on the front line, um, anyone who's sort of um, at the forefront of fighting this, then um, you have our sincere and deep gratitude. Um, and I think uh, I would also say that for anyone who's been directly affected by it, um, touch wood, I I haven't. Uh, 
for anyone who's directly affected either health-wise, family-wise, work-wise, um, then don't think that we take it lightly. Our thoughts are with you. Um, I guess we're just trying to have um, a bit of light relief uh, through it all. So don't don't think that we're not taking things seriously. But my what's not is a very selfish one in this regard. Um, it's the prospect of sports leagues who have currently started cancel, being cancelled. And I say this because I am <laughs> no, this in, is going. <laughs> in, my, in my other football life, um, <laughs> soccer, which we, 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 I guess we have to say here, uh, my team are a boatload of points clear in the league um, looking for a promotion. Um, it feels like global pandemic is the only thing that can stop us right now. Um, we've been, we, we got relegated a number of years ago um, and it's been a torturous effort to get up. We've tripped over our own feet umpteen times um, and this is our year. Um, so I am touching wood, fingers crossed, everything like that, uh, that we get promoted. Um, and I might actually, I've just, I was just thinking about this earlier. Um, obviously, uh, we have quite a lot of uh, American listeners um, who may or may not be interested in what we call football over here, um, may or may not have a, a British team to support. So I would like to offer up um, Dundee United as that team <laughs> for you. Uh, good connections to the US. We've got US owners. Um, uh, one of our star players, two of our star players uh, are American. One is, um, I don't know if you guys remember, Neil, you might have more, more shot of this. Uh, John Harks, yes, yeah, a US player. Uh, he played yeah. around England. Um, I, I say, one, did he play in the the USA '94 World Cup? Yeah, that sounds about right. I would have thought that. So I think he, either him or his dad, have connections to Dundee. But his son now plays for us uh, in midfield. Uh, very good player. So um, that's as good a reason as any to come and support United. And while I'm on it, um, Johnny Russell, star striker for Sport in Kansas City. Uh, started off his career with us so um, shameless plug for anyone looking for a team to support uh, jump on the Dundee United bandwagon um, you're all very welcome whenever it gets going again well <laughs> exactly whenever it gets going again uh, or and then when it does our good players all get pulled apart join Rangers Celtic uh, we won't talk about that here uh, I suppose on the football theme then how do you guys feel about the teams that are taking money from the government to pay their staff when they're paying players 350 grand a week. I'm thinking Spurs, Liverpool, Norwich, Brighton, somebody else who I can't remember. Newcastle. Newcastle, that was the one, yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess Liverpool have pulled back on that, haven't they? Yeah. Was today or yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough. I mean, um, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. I don't think it's it's a great thing to do, especially if they are playing uh, paying their players. Um, I, f I feel like in a, in any sporting organisation, if you're as big as that, I feel like your day to day workers and and the staff who help operate and run your training grounds and your stadiums, they I feel like they have almost like they're equally important as as the players at the end of the day. They help the club run, and I feel like they should all be treated as equal employees rather than players and staff. Yeah, I think that's my view on it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the the players seem to have got the brunt of a lot of this, and I'm not sure whether that's fair or not. Um, 
they, you know, they get it's picked. Not. <laughs> no, 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 they, 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 they get picked on their. I guess they're very sort of high-profile, well-known names. Everyone knows that they earn mega money, and they're easy to pick on. You, people don't know the names of business executives of high-profile city traders, you know, who are probably earning. Yeah, well, I, I work in financial services and in the asset management industry. You know, the, the people at the top of that game get paid as much, if not more, than ninety percent of professional football players. Yeah. Um, just nobody knows their names, you know. So it's not so easy to call them out in the public and and try to claw something back from them. So I think that's been a bit unfair. But um, I think when your business is turning over, what's Liverpool? I mean, I know they've pulled back from, they, they've kind of reversed their decision, but Liverpool, the profit was, what, 42 million? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then uh, I heard somewhere that if you kind of average out a wage of 25 grand across the 400-odd people that they were planning to furlough, they actually save about half a million pounds. And that's pocket change. You know, over over the two, three months. You know, it's it's not a lot of money. Um, yeah. It's not a lot of money. Um, not Not a massive fan. Uh, of that at all um, it's not great it's not a great look I don't think mm. no yeah no I agree and I, I couldn't get why like the, these players who are getting paid 350 grand a week or whatever they're going to be paying 150 200 grand in tax so the government is getting their money off these people um, so to come out and then say oh well you know these guys need to contribute more these are guys who are contributing um not necessarily voluntarily, because I'm sure they're trying to set up tax evasion schemes <laughs> to to pay as little as possible. But they're still going to end up paying a hundred grand plus in tax, and it's up to the government to use that. It's not up to the government to call people out and say, "Well, you're famous, so you know you need to do more." Like these guys do a lot already. No, I think there's there's two sides to every story. I mean, uh, over again for listeners not not in the UK, we had. Maybe eight, ten years ago, a lot of celebrities in the entertainment world, um, comedians, actors, singers, um, a lot of them were outed as avoiding tax, setting up dodgy schemes to pay themselves minimum wage and pay pay very little tax back to the government. So perhaps footballers are just next on that list that, um, you know, that... that, that, uh, I guess people want to see taken down a peg or two. Mm. Anyway, uh, moving on um, to the Chiefs. Uh, I guess there's been some news uh, since we last uh, spoke. Um, The NFL All-Decade team was released this week. Uh, Chiefs featuring pretty heavily. Five, if you count, if, well, we can take Shady McCoy. Um, (laughs) He, he he won his last ring with us, so we'll, we'll have him. So five Chiefs, I think it was, in that team. Um, although, no Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid. Uh, what do you guys think of that? I, I don't um, have a problem myself. Um, Andy Reid you could make a case for, but if you're talking about a team of the decade and you're looking at the whole decade, I don't think you can put Mahomes who had... And if it's two seasons maybe in over that whole decade that would be be harsh on some others I would say yeah I agree um, I think there definitely is a case for Andy Reid um, over Pete Carroll I mean the Chiefs in 2011-2012 had two losing seasons and Andy Reid comes in and we go 
seven straight seasons with winning records and we win a Super Bowl and we reach a conference game and I feel like it, it did like was a key part of turning our franchise around in those in those years and I don't think you've looked back since really um, but as for Mahomes like I said I think it's just been too short of a career too far to like so far to put him in the uh, 2010s team although I do think if there was a Chiefs player that was snubbed I think it's got to be Mitchell Schwartz um, agreed I, I really like like obviously he's, he's been, definitely been like a anchor on this offensive line for uh, for most of the uh, majority of the decade so and he's played really well for for us and he's but he's I think he hasn't has he not missed a game since he joined us since he since he um, he's, got he's barely missed a snap never mind again yeah yeah I don't think he's missed a snap yeah or he, he, he missed was. one he missed one in the Titans game in the regular season he missed like one or two snaps and that's about it yeah I mean the consistency is is, is ridiculous so I think um yeah, if anyone, I think it is Mitchell Schwartz, but I don't think Mahomes played long enough to uh, to get that nod just yet. Maybe the twenty twenties team. We'll see. Yeah, you would you would hope so. I mean, if all if all goes to plan, he's got a a long time to come. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think most of the the guys that that are in that team, they're kind of. If you look at someone like Eric Berry, you know, as a, as a Chiefs example, they were demonstrably the best player at their position over the course of at least one season during the last 10 years uh, and I guess more of a chance to make some sort of um, flashy plays I, I I don't know it almost feels like Mitchell Schwartz is just always a little bit under the radar and I can't quite work out why because he's a right tackle and not a left tackle well that, that answers that question yeah, yeah true. <laughs> quite I mean I, I, as I say quite happy for him to to kind of be under the radar, just keep on doing what he does. Um, he seems like a really, seems like a good dude as well. Um, 100%. Yeah, well, he's a he is 100% my um, my choice as a, as a chief to to be isolated with. Um, awesome, awesome in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be the same for me as well. It's got to be him. What about you, Neil? Who would you have uh, as your isolation buddy? Um. I, I like Mitch Mitch Schwartz's cooking. Yep, that looks good. Um, I must say, I I can understand the logic behind that one. Um, I I'd still love to hang out with Chris Jones. I think he would be great fun to hang out with. So, uh, I, either him or Tyreek Hill, because I just play Madden with Tyreek Hill, and maybe I'd get a bit better at Madden over the course of <laughs> however long we'd be um, hold up. But yeah, I, I I'd probably go Chris Jones if I was going with anybody. Speaking of isolation and, and coping, um, how, how are you guys doing? Um, I guess life is very different for the last few weeks. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's genuinely yeah, tough. tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, doing what we can. Uh, well, speaking myself really, yeah, doing doing what I can. Uh, just getting by, like I said, watching loads of game pass and doing some university work because my assignments are still ongoing. So, yeah, keeping myself busy. I think that's the thing. Just trying to keep yourself as busy as possible and think of new new things to do every day is just key really rather than get into the same repetitive routine you feel like you're you're the uh you're in groundhog day really so um yeah, yeah keeping busy and doing different stuff is is what i've been doing yeah, yeah I mean, as, I, as you guys I, know sorry go on yeah yeah I was gonna say, as you guys know I've, we've got a, a one-year-old here so uh lockdown feels a lot like every other day for the last <laughs> six or eight months to be honest uh we get up, we have breakfast, uh, we have a rollabout on the floor, uh, she has a nap, 
I get jealous of her having a nap. Uh, she gets up, we have lunch, we have a roll about on the floor, we go out for a walk. Uh, she has her dinner, has her bath and goes to bed. Um, and we're not long after that. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a, there's an element of Groundhog Day to it. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I guess I'm lucky. I'm, I'm working from home. Uh, so, you know, I get to spend a lot more time here, um, which is magic. I was just saying to you guys, before we hit the record button, that the one thing that I can't understand is looking online and seeing all these people with time to play Championship Manager, Call of Duty, Netflix, all these things. I don't have a minute these days. I'm busier than I've ever been. Yeah, only once the kids are in bed, kind of after nine o'clock in the evening, that's the only time. Like I, I haven't been in work in, I think it's about three weeks now. And I'm essentially being paid by the government not to go to work, which is kind of nice. But at the same time, I miss working. Like I've, I've never not worked since I was 18, and I'm well, no, 20. When I came out of uni, I was 20, 21. When I came out of uni, and I've never missed work. I've never not worked since. So to kind of have three weeks where I'm technically kind of well. I'm still on the payroll at work, but I'm not required to go in, and I can't work from home, so it's stra- It's a really, really strange feeling, and then my wife's working from home, so we've got a four-year-old and a nearly seven-year-old, she'll be seven on Saturday, and um, I'm basically minding the two of them while my wife works in a different room, um, so yeah, I'm kind of full-time childminder, which is tough respect to all the parents out there at home who do this all the time with bloody hell it's difficult <laughs> oh, hey, Neil. Not, not all heroes wear capes Neil no they don't absolutely yeah. no, I'm not putting myself just... in that hero cage <laughs> <laughs> well said uh, what I did suggest to you guys is that obviously um, the three of us are here uh, we're, we're um, still getting together so that to me indicates that we've nailed lockdown yeah, expert. So what I thought was uh, we could just share some of our coping techniques. Uh, like I say, I've seen lots of people online talking about the games they've been playing, the films they've been watching, the series, whatever. And what I thought was um, maybe we could just share a couple of hours, maybe maybe a hidden gem, rather than just going straight into Madden Super Bowl, you know, which everyone has seen, everyone's done. Um, just when the going gets really tough, what are you guys turning to? Go on, and you go. <laughs> Um, hmm, more of a hidden gem. I'll tell you one thing I did do uh, just before we went to lockdown. Um, I went to the works. I don't know if you guys have the shop. Um, the works it's basically got everything you possibly need arts and crafts stuff. Um, and I bought like a um, one of those therapeutic coloring books and some like a pack of coloring pencils. <laughs> and little did I know because it was just before lockdown, little did I know those those coloring books and uh, that coloring book and those pencils really came in handy. I've been doing it nearly. Yeah, I have a house right, full a of, of colouring bugs. Yeah, true. I guess having kids, you, you, you would have that, yeah. Um, but honestly, yeah, it's, it's quite therapeutic when times get a bit stressful, when I'm sick of staring at a screen all day, whether it's my laptop or my TV for the PlayStation, I just pick up a book and start colouring. Well, on the colouring subject, there's a guy on Twitter called Will Sliney, W-I-L-L-S-L-I-N-E-Y, and he is one of the artists for Marvel Comics, and he is doing online tutorials for kids. He's from Cork, so he's an Irish lad, and it kind of became a big thing in the media here. He's doing online tutorials for drawing stuff. So he sets a challenge every day and says to kids, like, draw me some aliens. 
Um, but then he'll sit down and he'll go through. He did a two-hour YouTube class last week, and he was drawing uh, The Simpsons, uh, Spider-Man, Top Cat. Um, I'm trying to think who else Chloe drew now, because she had all sorts of drawings. She had Millhouse from The Simpsons. She did a really good I job was, on I want to check about drawing. Drawing is on my bucket list of things I want to be able to do. Ever since I, um, since I started getting tattoos, I, uh, I, want to, I want to be able to draw my own. Which may or may not be an absolute, uh, absolute <laughs> car crash. Uh, but the, there's a video. I've got a, I've got a playing card drawn on my arm, um, on the inside of my arm. And you, if I still have them, I'll try to share the concept designs that I had that I drew myself for them, because I guarantee your daughter has drawn better. They, the the um, oh, I should find them. They're embarrassingly bad. I think I my gaming tip for people uh, would be now I'm going to show show my age here, but would be to uh, go old school. Now my first computer was never a console or um, anything flashy like that. I had an Amiga five hundred, um, which if anyone's played them, you know there were some classic games on the Amiga five hundred. We could we could have a whole we could jump on the. Um, Tom, Brad and Dave's podcast and talk about old games from the 90s for, for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> but my one tip for someone, if you just want to sit, lose yourself for a few hours, is find the the Monkey Island series of games. I um, mm-hmm. don't know if you guys play the the old sort of point and click strategy puzzle games. Yep. Um, uh, in my opinion, Monkey Island is the daddy of them all. Um, Simon Max put the road. Sorry? Did you ever play Salmon Max Hit the Road? Uh, no, but I can check that one out because I look like that, I say I have a up. yeah I've got a bit of a thing for for these types of games. You're Monk Island. You're a bit of a um, hapless wannabe pirate called Guybrush Threepwood. Um, I'll not give too much away. Uh, just navigating your way around um, general piracy malarkey. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, I went back and played them a couple of years ago again. Um, and they might be, I was going to say 20 years, 25 years on from when I started playing them, and I don't think they've lost very much in that time. Um, that would be my coping technique for everybody. Uh, I think that the Chief's coping technique... Sorry? I said, I've just sent you a link to Simon Max Hits the Road. It's now, it's now, it's now 9.49. <laughs> Wrap this up in half an hour. I could probably get to bed by 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've got my, my commute is now all of six seconds, right? So <laughs> it's not as if I it's not as if I need to uh, um, be up early in the morning anymore. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly. Well, the chief scoping technique um, over the uh, the last week or so has seemed to be that uh, standing pat with what we have is all right. Um, Particularly on the offense, uh, we've got Demarcus Robinson back for next year, and announced. I think it was well. What day is it? Tuesday. I've lost the days. Um, in the last few days, uh, Sammy Watkins has restructured his deal, uh, given us five million dollars back on the cap um, for next year, which was handy because at one point, um, anyone who's on social media will have seen that we were one hundred and seventy-seven dollars under the cap um, I mean if you've got it flaunt it right but uh, that was that was pretty tight um, 
But what do you guys think of those moves, Neil? You you happy? Yes. Um, I I don't think keeping either of them would have been my first choice in a normal world, but we're not in a normal world anymore. And I would say that continuity counts for an awful, awful, awful lot now. Um, you look at some of the turmoil that some teams are going to have, you know, look at the Patriots, they're going to have a new quarterback. You know, getting a new quarterback to bed into the system when you can't even get your players together, good luck with that. Like So bringing back the entire offense from last season that already knows everything they need to do, yeah, fair enough, fine. Sammy Watkins, one-year deal. Robinson, I think, was a one-year deal as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah that's grand. Let them go next season. Yourself. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much saying we're quite happy with it. Uh, nice short deals, nice um, gives us a chance to run it back, which is the phrase that everyone's been using on yeah. Twitter, all the Chiefs players yeah. and stuff we've been using. So, um, yeah, I, I like it, especially with we have no idea how practice is going to go and training camp is going to go down with how long this thing goes on. So, um, you know, that familiarity for Mahomes and the rest of the offense will be good. And like the uh, old saying says, it ain't broke, don't fix it. No, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I think at the minute it's still obviously up in the air whether or not we'll get... Uh, we'll have a season or not this year at all but if we do and it goes well I think these could easily be under the radar to Brett Veach's you know cleverer moves as you said Neil if you like I say if you're you're tens and tens of millions of pounds deep you know or need to draft a you know your new franchise quarterback this year and you have actually no idea when you're going to get your hands on him when he's going to get in your building I don't know how you're going to feel about this season. I think you have to be getting some sweaty palms about that. I think for us to have, I mean, as as well as the players, um, you've got Eric Bieniemy staying as well. Um, you know, for us to return the, basically the whole starting offense, the whole unstoppable starting offense from last year. You know, given the current climate, I, I think has it makes all the sense in the world. Well, I did, I saw the stat that if we re-sign Breland we'll have got every player back who played more than 57% of the snaps um, last season. Um, so to return basically your entire starting 22, that's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, and it's a, remarkable, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a massive... I mean, I, I wrote it in our Arad's Head Abroad uh, Twitter um KC Chiefs underscore UK for anyone who's not already on us. Um, it feels to me like a bit of a statement of intent. It's, it's, it's us saying, it's like we got over the hump getting the first one, you know, after 50 years. You know, so many sort of false dawns, tripping over our own feet, um, forward progress calls, whatever they are that kind of just, just stopped us getting over the line. And in some ways, I think it could have been easy to then say, like, we've got one, let's now look 10, 15 years down the line, you know, and really build something. What they're saying is, we're going to do that, but we're not settling for second best in the meantime. You know, um, one is not enough for this team. Um, I, I really like the move, personally. Looking forward, what... Um, what else do you think we can expect from free agency? You mentioned Breland there. Um, yeah, I'd like to I think to the general back. consensus that... Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. I think... Yeah. Um, 
I don't think he'd be a massively cheap option. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, the coronavirus and the kind of lockdown, travel restrictions, etc. I mean, they could easily bring his price down. You know, if well, he was struggling to think, pick up with the team. You got to think. Free agency's been going a month now, and he's not been signed by anyone, so he's not in huge demand. And you could go down the same Sammy Rockins, Demarcus Robinson route and say, here's a one-year, six million deal with some performance incentives thrown in on top of that. Um, and then you can test free agency when next year when the market's kind of back to somewhat how it used to be. Um, so I, I would think that would be a reasonable approach to take, I would have thought. And I just, I just don't think if the, um, if the, if the, like I said, like the market's really there. I think it was quite a weak cornerback market. Like it's been, a, it's been a weird one because I feel like some players haven't been getting the money they deserved. Um, so I don't think the corner, the cornerback market's not been exactly great this season because, especially because those the better guys, the Darius Slay, like um, he got traded didn't he to the uh, Eagles. Um, he did, yeah. And Chris, did, was Chris Harris a free agent signing for the Chargers, or did he get traded as well? Uh, I th- I think he would have been released. I don't I don't think there was a trade. Oh, was he released? Oh, right. I think it was oh. the end of his contract. Um. Oh, right. Well, I I feel like the like Breland's like I don't know what the options are, especially because like I said, free agency has been a bit been a bit of a weird one because everything was happening. So um, I think if it was a safe bets kind of option, I think him coming back to the Chiefs isn't the isn't the craziest thing in the world. No, and to be to be fair, if you're kind of best fallback option is re-signing with the Super Bowl champions um, I don't see any problem with that either yeah, especially if, if there's 57% of um, like the players who played over 57% are coming back I mean it's not exactly like we've lost form or we've uh, completely internally combusted since the Super Bowl so yeah I don't see why not why he wouldn't want to come back yeah I mean I, I guess We've got some draft chat to to do as well, but looking forward, I mean, cornerbacks obviously one position that you would expect the Chiefs to to be looking at in the draft. Um, I think it makes sense if you're going to draft a rookie to have someone with a bit of experience like Breland there in the cornerback room as well with him. Otherwise, you know that that group of players is is very young and very inexperienced. But again, you look at like. You draft a cornerback early now and re-sign Breland for a year and then Breland can move on at the start at the end of the season and you've got a ready-made starter hopefully for next year to take over who's on rookie deal money which is you know you want the big paid players on the rookie deals where possible and yeah. cornerback can be a big paid player so if we're talking draft chat now if there's a cornerback going in the first round I'm all in favour well I'd prefer to trade down kind of 10 spots or so into the second and pick up an extra pick or two but cornerback is certainly where I, I would like to see the first round pick yeah Owen what would your choice be for your, your first round pick uh, I mean cornerback is, is a big shout as well um, I, I think linebacker um, for me I'd really like to see the Chiefs take a I, I feel like we really need like an anchor like a linebacker that a lot of teams, like successful teams, have had. Um, we've obviously we've had that success, but I really want to see the Chiefs get a really anchor for that defense at the linebacker position. Um, yes, yeah, so that's the direction I'd want to see the Chiefs go. Yeah, I think my prediction is, I'm going to go O line. I think. Um, I haven't, to be fair, I haven't 
looked in any depth at kind of what the draft players look like, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went O line in the first in the first round. Um, there, there is a centre uh, called Caesar Ruiz, I think his name is. Yes, uh, and he's kind of predicted to go somewhere around where we're picking. Um, but kind of from what I've read, he's pretty much the only interior offensive lineman who's likely to go kind of anywhere that high. I wouldn't be overly upset if we drafted kind of somewhere in the middle of the offensive line, but we've done a pretty good job of getting decent production out of players for relatively low money in those positions. I would still rather get the players who would normally, if you're getting a good player on rookie money, I'd much rather it's one of the big paid players so that you don't have to pay somebody big money to get that performance. Yeah, and I guess what we've got what five, five picks is yeah. it currently? I mean, yeah, it, it puts yeah. it's a lot of pressure to draft right in that. Um, like you say, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they if they look to trade back a little bit um, and just acquire a couple more picks. I mean, I guess it's still everything still seems dependent on a man you mentioned earlier, uh, Neil, and what happens with Chris Jones. Um, yeah. What 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 do you guys see if you were to make a a call now between now and the draft? Do you reckon that Chris Jones will be a, a, a chief next season? I mean, I'm I'm I'd like to say yes. Every part of me wants to say yes because he's such a good player and he's he, like you. I feel like he's one of the, he's like one of the players on our defense last season where the second he steps onto the field, like you can tell he's there. Like he makes him like he makes a presence and he makes himself known. Um, and the games where he wasn't playing, you could, you could definitely feel the difference um, on our defense. Um, I'm, don't, I'm not too sure of the ins and outs, um, and I'd love to see him back. But I follow him on Twitter, and he tweets quite a lot of stuff. Um, and it seems that he's, he's always um, tweeting stuff with hidden meanings. I'm re- I've really been trying to work him out the past couple of weeks, and I just, I just can't seem to do it. Um, I'd like to see him back, but I'm not too sure. Yeah, because he said I, I that th- after the. Sorry, Neil, on you go. No, I was going to say, I think if the Chiefs want him back, they will find a way to make the salary cap work. Uh, so then it will be a case of if he doesn't come back, it's because they didn't want him for whatever reason. Personally, I'd love to see him back. He's a fantastic player. Good locker room presence. Um, I'd love to see him back. If If he doesn't come back, then I would hope we'd get a good compensation package out of it. And what if um, what if he had to play in the tag? If they're just if for whatever reason there wasn't a trade there for him, there's not a deal that we can make with him. Are you happy to play him on the tag for a year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I like I like to see him uh, back. And if that means he plays on the tags, then um, I, I think I think it's worth it because. If if we get if we do end up trading him before the draft, for example, um, and we get picks again, you, you have no idea whether these whether these guys are going to translate to the at like pro level. So having a guy that you know is already there and already a top five, if not top three, interior defensive lineman in the league, then like why why not? Yeah, yeah, he's he's worth sixteen, fifteen million, whatever that franchise tag is for a year. Yeah, no problem with that. Yeah, it feels like there's just a lot of moving parts in the in the situation. Again, social media is not the not necessarily the place to take all your um, 
all your information from, but I was reading somewhere that the Chiefs haven't even got to the point where they've made him an offer yet, which to me suggests that the indications are that he's asking, or his people are asking for mega, mega money, and the Chiefs are nowhere near that. I mean, he's he needs to be not quite Aaron Donald's money, because he's not Aaron Donald. But he's not going to be a million miles away. He needs to be somewhere around where Frank Clark was, financially. Whatever that was, hundred million over how many seasons? Four seasons, something like that. Yeah, that's kind of the the range I would imagine he needs to be in. I would guess that if we're keeping Chris Jones, then I would suggest that uh, you know another one of our reasonably high earners is going to have to. To leave as well before, uh, before next season. Um, I guess the obvious candidate would be LDT. I hope not because I have two jerseys. Regland's one of them, and LDT's the other one. <laughs> and so I've lost me two jerseys. So uh, I, I hope he stays purely for selfish personal reasons. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a contrarian, um, and I, I don't know why. But I have just held off getting a Patrick Mahomes jersey or anything with a fifteen on it, and I, I can't explain it. It's nothing against. It's not like I don't love Patrick Mahomes as much as the rest of us. I just something in me can't conform in that way. And Jones was the jersey I wanted to get, but just all through last season it felt like such a risk. Um, I, I think I'm kind of glad that I held off at the moment. But if he if he signs a long term deal, I'm rocking a Chris Jones jersey. That's uh, that's going to be my investment. Yeah, I'm not sure whose jersey I'd go with next. Uh, could be a, an interesting decision to make. I quite like a math, a Tyrion Matthew one as well, but again, there's, um, there's a lot of them around. I mean, generally, yeah. I'm sitting right right now. I'm sitting with an Anthony Sherman T-shirt on. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I could, I could, I could see myself in a Dustin Colquitt jumper. You know, um, yeah. Like I say, just just a bit of a contrarian. Uh, actually, that's just reminding me. Speaking of jerseys. Um, and going back to what's what's not hot in Chiefs Kingdom right now, uh, there is a, an absolute paucity of Super Bowl jerseys um, on the market at the moment. Uh, it appears that everyone um, is online trying to get hold of the um, the jerseys with the Super Bowl badges and the, um, the NFL hundred on them. Uh, and I have been chatting to um, some folks that make iron-on patches. Uh, for jerseys, so if anyone has not got, uh, has not been able to get um, uh, a Super Bowl jersey, or doesn't have the hundred and sixty odd quid, whatever it is that the the NFL and Nike decide that these pieces of nylon are worth, um, keep an eye out because we have Arrowheads Abroad Super Bowl patches coming. Um, I think they're going to arrive here. Uh, uh, tomorrow I think I got an email um, yesterday uh, so quite excited about that so we'll have some pictures and whatever when they arrive um, and we'll see about making them available I'm not sure how that'll work yet but keep an eye out because um, if you can't get your uh, your Super Bowl jersey these will be the next best thing shameless plug over um, <laughs> right so just, just to finish up uh, we, we're, we're chatting about the draft and obviously um Draft night itself is going to be a very different affair. Um, I think I saw confirmation. I mean, as if as if we didn't already know it, but confirmation it is going to be 
quote unquote a virtual draft um, all the GMs coaches whoever else is, is involved in these things I guess the players as well um, they'll be doing it from home um, how do you think that's going to to look or to play out uh, what are you guys expecting from draft night it'll be strange that's that's one thing one thing for sure um, I mean obviously the um, it's quite common that the NFL teams have those war uh, war rooms that they go into um, so I don't know how that will pan out I don't know if they'll have their own little private whether it's done over Zoom or one of those other group uh, Skype call things um, but I don't know how that will play out because obviously communication is so key in the lead up to your pick as like an NFL front office so um, yeah it'll be, it's just, it'll be challenging for them to, to work around that um, and also trying to make it interesting for the fans I think will be a struggle because um, if they do broadcast it still how will they keep them entertained for that long with just like a group of people on a Zoom call um, but hopefully they, they find a way of making it interesting um, it will definitely make a difference and definitely uh, be memorable that's for sure yeah absolutely um, yeah it's I don't I don't know is I don't genuinely have no idea what to expect from it um, you you could do a draft room as as long as everyone is socially distanced two meters apart <laughs> and uh, I suppose technically you could get three people together in a big room and if you had Andy Reid and Brett Veach and uh, Clark Hunt there then yeah you could probably put together a reasonable draft it might not be a bad year to only have five picks to be honest um, no. you look at the Dolphins who have like half a million picks or whatever it is and um, trying to get consensus on that that could be fun for them yeah. <laughs> I, um, I may never say this sentence again and I may regret saying it right now but I think on draft night I may just about be jealous of Raiders fans because here's my, here's my scenario of what's going to happen I'm going to stay up to God knows whatever o'clock it is in the morning to watch we draft at 32 and the minute before we're due to pick we're going to trade back out of it yeah quite possible I can just see that happening just now yeah, and yeah. you know and I know I'm going to do it to myself um, and I'm going to be livid if that happens whereas the Raiders have got what, three, two, three whatever it is first rounders decent ones as well they can have their night done and dusted in the first couple of hours home bed sorted Raiders pick 12 and 19 in the first 12 round. and 19 there we go so they can get the what do they get with 12 probably the fourth best quarterback off the board nah they're going maybe I'm not, wide, maybe, yeah. wide receiver yeah maybe I'm not so yeah, jealous after all but best wide receiver going we think they'll we think, stick stick with Carr for another year yeah yeah, I mean they've got because they've got Mariota as well, don't they? So um, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they play that out. But yeah, I think they're going receiver with their first pick. Yeah, well reminded, Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota. I am no longer jealous of Raiders fans. It <laughs> 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 didn't, didn't last long. Yeah, well but I'll tell you what, they they drafted well last year. I I was impressed with what they did last year and the yeah. the guys they brought in contributed, and like another two drafts like that and you're kind of going yeah they've not got Patrick Mahomes but they, they could have a pretty solid team same with the Broncos to be honest as well like that they are a couple of good offensive players away from going yeah you know that they could stick 30 points on a team and you know it becomes a shootout then so I don't think we're 
a million miles ahead of everyone else in the division if they draft well. But that's a big. I have, yeah, I have to. Admit, I'm not. I don't want to be in a rotten division. You want a division where there's healthy competition. You need to see these teams and do some maths here six times, right? Yeah. So you don't. You don't. You don't want. Fine, it's nice to go and slap the Raiders about in the last game of the Coliseum. <laughs> you know, it's, not, it's it's good to do all those things, but you want to see good games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the minute, there's nothing. Like you see, you look at um, you look at you're now you're now going to get Brady and Breeze, you know, playing against each other for a couple of years. You know, you just don't really have that in our division. It would it would be good to get if the you know if the Chargers do trade up to go after Tua hypothetically. I'm not even going to attempt a second name. Um, you know, if the, if the Raiders, if the Chargers do trade up to do that, um, it brings a bit of it brings a bit of something into the division. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm I not. Think, I'm not against it. I think the Chargers going quarterback, kind of no matter what, whether it's Tua Tua Golova or Justin Herbert or or somebody else who I can't think of, but um, yeah. I, they're going quarterback, so there's going to be a young gunslinger-style quarterback. Te- teams have to stick up points to keep up against the Chiefs, so you're going to have to build your offense around the idea that you have got to score at least 30 points at least twice a season when you're playing us. Um, and so the Raiders have a good running game, but if they could add a wide receiver, they have reasonable tight end. They picked up another good wide receiver last year. So they're they're heading in that direction. I think Denver, they have three good running backs now. They have Sutton's a good wide receiver. Fant is a decent tight end. If they draft wide receiver first, they'll have a decent offense. The Chargers had the weapons. They just couldn't protect um, Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers just couldn't protect himself from his own stupid decisions. But... um, (laughs) Uh, they're they're not a million miles away from having that kind of offense, and if the three other teams in the division have good offenses, then we're in for a really entertaining season, providing it goes ahead. Yeah, I think the other thing as well with um, if we were to have a considerably weak division for the um, for the foreseeable future, and the, and the and the and the Broncos and the Raiders and Chargers don't have good drafts, is um, it will just I hate to use a D word, but if we do end up having a bit of a dynasty, um, I feel like it'll only every time the Chiefs are mentioned much like the Patriots the instant next argument is well they're in the AFC East they played the Jets the Dolphins and um, the Bills, oh, Bills uh, two, two times a year so um, for like if, if we got stuck in the same same situation although it would be uh, great for wins it would definitely in the long run it would uh, be used against us I think as kind of like a counter argument to our success so yeah I'd like to see some competition some healthy competition because um, it's always nice to watch some fun I think what, yeah, what happened last year with the with the Patriots, that you, you don't realise how good or bad you are when you've got a walkover division. Yeah. So when you come up against someone with a bit of backbone, you you know you actually don't know where you are, and it turns out you're not as good as you think you are, and you get bounced out when you think you shouldn't, but that was probably their level last year. Yeah, but I, I don't think the division was a problem because they, they lost to the Dolphins well in week seventeen. I, I feel like the, the Patriots just got figured out regardless of, of, of their division they just because they have such a strong system and it seemed to be working wonders at the beginning and it seemed to be like oh look it's another Patriots year and then towards the end it just seems like they just they just got figured out and they didn't 
adapt well enough. Um, but yeah, certainly playing playing those teams twice a year does help. I think they were the they were like a, a case in point of peaking too soon against a team like the Chiefs say, that built into their season. You know, first half of the season we're talking about this era defining or redefining defence defence that the, the Patriots were putting up at the start of the year, you know, teams couldn't score on them, the defence was, was scoring points willy nilly on other teams. But by you know, by the third um, by the third and fourth quarter of the season, you know, that, that wasn't no one was talking about that because it fizzled out. And you actually went into you kinda of limped into the playoffs with not a lot of momentum, particularly after that Dolphins game. Whereas the Chiefs started, um, you know, we had the injuries, a um, couple of stupid results, but then we really, really built into the the playoffs when you, you know, when you have to be playing well, you know, you you want to be going in with a bit of momentum. The Titans did that, you know, going to going with a bit of momentum. Winning the first six games of the season is great, gives you a good platform, but you'd rather win the last six. Yeah, yeah. I think the one difference with next season or whenever it comes in is the playoffs changes and the seeding changes you're going to want that number one seed um, you're going to have to play well all season because that week off um, and the corresponding home game after it is going to be even more crucial now yeah definitely yeah I saw a list of some of the, the teams that would have got in you know if you'd gone back 10-15 years you know and there's no there's no scary games. If you put yourself as the second seed every year, there's not really any scary games. Definitely certainly not in the, in the AFC. But it's just that having to play one extra game. It's just know, the fact that it's another game. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, like I say, it could, and, and I guess it remains to be seen. But it could, it could put a, it could put a bit of a dampener on the last few games of the season. You know, if you know you've got your division sewn up. The, the kind of the the difference between second and third seed it's not a great you know the advantage isn't or the, the the advantage or disadvantage however you want to put it isn't isn't great you know so it could put a real dampener on the end of a you know, the end of a, a team season you could you could see some pretty I think you could see some pretty flat games week seventeen it's a shit idea <laughs> end of story yeah yeah I mean when you got over half the conference. With the possibility of nearly nearly half the conference getting into the playoffs, it's a bit it's a bit crazy. Um, obviously, there's only one team away from it being exactly half the conference. So um, yeah, it's just strange. And like I said, I feel like with the, the way the scenarios will work out, there'll be teams that would still want to push. Like I think it was the Texans were third seed. Uh, no, they were fourth seed, weren't they? But they were still pushing for that bye week when they towards the end. Um, and like there were multiple teams in it this year, but they just wouldn't be in the conversation had it not been for that. Like, the Chiefs probably would have probably wouldn't have pursued because getting the two seed this season wouldn't have done didn't wouldn't have done us much favours if that if we had the uh, new playoffs it wouldn't have provided us as much so I think we wouldn't have pushed for that as much um, towards the end of the season so yeah it just it, it, it's it's a weird one see how it works in twenty twenty obviously actually given given my job and analytical background numbers and stats give me. Uh, a little bit I get a little bit more excited about it than I should have been and so I was reading some stuff um, I was saying it doesn't actually it doesn't promote the one seed anymore so the one seed's chances of winning stay the same it just lowers the second seed's chances of winning by quite a great deal 
So it's not like it's not like the one seed is a bigger prize. It's just the second seed is a much lower second prize. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, fifty-five minutes, guys. Probably uh, long enough for any of our listeners to have uh, sat through us. Um, <laughs> And to think we were struggling to come up with ideas for how long this would be going on. Yeah. Uh, let's give that a compliment to ourselves. Yeah. We've rambled. We're, we're having fun. We hope. Um, yeah. We're having. I say we're we're having fun. We hope the listeners are having fun as well. Um, unless anyone's got any AOB. No, no, not for me. No. Uh, I'll just uh, thank you guys for your time. Um, hopefully, we can do this again soon. I, We've got some ideas of stuff we might, you know, we can um, keep ourselves going through the um, through the off season. You know, particularly when there's kind of um, less and less news, we'll we'll try and do some fun stuff. Um, we do intend to have a mock draft. Um, we're still trying to work out some of the logistics, so we'll we'll do some of that. We may or may not record it. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, a little teaser: we may or may not do a bit of a video podcast so if you've ever wondered um what the man attached to this voice looks like um get your bets in now uh we'll see how that goes but we, we like we, we like to say we're trying to do some different stuff so hopefully we can we can do some stuff over the off season and you'll have seen on the um on what is now the arrowheads abroad podcast channel the tbd podcast um tom brad and dave couldn't stay away from each other for too long um, but isolation means that they can't get together to express their feelings physically so they have got together to <laughs> to, to do the podcast again um, uh, the first one came out uh, over the weekend if it wasn't yesterday um, so give that a listen as well um, it's just them being them um, there'll be a bit of chief stuff thrown in so give that a listen um, Hopefully we can get some of them on here as well um, to catch up with them and see how they're doing. Uh, but like I say, uh, Neil, thank you very much. Quite all right. <laughs> Owen, thank you. Anytime. And um, from one kingdom to another, stay safe out there, everyone. Speak soon. <laughs>